0: This is Stanley, bringing you the Sound Doctrine of the Bible. Under God, I conducted Sound Doctrine seminars in 1997, 2007, and 2012. The talks of these seminars are now made available to you in segments. They are for your enlightenment and edification. We continue from what we saw in the previous segment. Now I would like to spend the next 30 minutes talking to you a little bit about cults. So many cults are uh, lifting their ugly heads these days. Jehovah witnesses It was started in America. The founder is one Mr. Charles Russell of 1879. The next cult is Mormons. This is also called the Church of the Latter day Saints. The founder is one Mr. Joseph Smith in 1830. This also is from America. And then comes Christian Science. This was started by one lady, Mary Eddy. In 1875, this also is from America. Beloved, all that is from the West need not be the best. You should be very careful. Many times what they are not able to sell in America, they will sell in India, that too mainly in Chennai and Trichy. So you need to be extremely cautious. I cannot be there uh, sitting near you, whether the person who is talking, whether it is Jehovah Witness or it is Mormon, I can't teach you. So I can only give some vaccination, general vaccination, so that you should be able to tackle the situation. And then there is another doctrine called Unification Church. It started in South Korea. The founder is one Mr. Sun Moon in 1954. Then there is another thing which is very fastly catching up, New Age movement. And now it is actually a combination of three things. Eastern mysticism and then it is Hinduism and paganism. So, all these things are mixed and that's what is new age movement. It was made popular by an actress by name Shirley. Because you know for any advertisement you get an actress. If it is a wristwatch, you need an actor. If it is a car, you need an actress. So, that is how, you know, that is the consumerism. So many of these cults are promoted by actors and actresses. You know what are the manifestations of new age movement? Yoga. Transcendental meditation. Astrology. Developing of psychic powers. You know all these things are related to this new age movement. I am going to talk about yoga in another few minutes, but before that I want to tell you how you can be protected from cults. How to escape cults or cultism? God has provided four means for us. Follow this carefully and after you get hooked, you cannot normally come out. It almost is like sedation. And after that whatever is taught it will not appeal to your reason. That's what we call web of deception. So what I am going to tell you in the next few minutes it is for your protection. It is for your safeguarding. How to escape cults. Number one. Protection by shepherds and leaders. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians, 4th chapter. We will read from verse 11. God has provided apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. For what? If you look at the 14th verse that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness by which they lie in wait to deceive. You know, in order that we may be protected by all these winds of doctrine and floods of doctrine, God has given apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. Now, that's what Paul instructed the Ephesian elders. After my departure, ravenous souls will come. And they said that this church is bought by the precious blood of Jesus Christ and give oversight and protection for them. Some of you are pastors and leaders sitting here. And if you find there is anyone who is already caught up in a cult or in a web of deception, you need to be very careful. You know, in Tamil we have a proverb, thorn should be taken away by another thorn. The same thing here Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy. Look at 2 Timothy. 2nd chapter, we will read from verse 24. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, perhaps God will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth, and that they may come to their senses and he escaped the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. You see, the words are so strong; we feel a like crying over this passage. Usually, a man who has gone to a cult, he is in sedation. That's what I told you; he's in sedation. So you cannot simply give him a beat on the left and the right and then bring him out to truth. Very gently you should talk to him. If you forcibly say, no, that's wrong. Why did you do that? He will say, you don't understand the truth and he will go the other direction. So when we deal, those of you leaders and pastors sitting here, If you come across a section of your church or one or two of your individuals known to you under your pastoral shepherding care, if you find any of them have been caught up in the snare of the devil, knowingly or unaware, first step, be very gentle. Give them all the support that you can give and slowly bring out of that sedation. We, you will lose the patient if you are simply arguing and quarrelling. You know what will happen? Operation successful, patient died. So that's what happens. Especially among those who are caught up in cult, you need to be extra sensitive. Step number two. Avoid cultic visitors. Now, that's very important. Now, that is so clearly given by the Apostle himself. Second John, reading from verses 9 to 11. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ, he has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house, nor greet him. For he who greets him, shares his evil deeds. You can also note down Romans 16, 17 to 19. It's about flattering speech. That means these cultic visitors are trained for argument. But we Christians, we have no training. We have no teaching, we have no training, we are not equipped to counter argue. But those visitors, before they come, they go through courses and they are given sufficient training. If it is Pentecostal, he will say this, If he is Anglican, he will say this. So give that particular attack. They know why you are weak, so that they will shoot at it. That is why I always tell pastors, don't keep your church as a crush. But keep your church as a training base. That's very important. The church should not become a crush. Church should be a training center for soldiers to prepare for war. Take this challenge, all of you servants of God who are sitting here. The third step in escaping this cultism Remind yourself of the historic faith again and again. One best way of doing it is repeating the Apostles' Creed that is normally read in the Anglican churches. That is a real concise confession of historic faith. In 1997, we gave printouts of this particular Apostle's Creed in Sound Artist Seminar 1. Apostle Peter said, I will remind you, as long as I am in this tent, after I go away from this tent, I will make provisions for somebody to remind me. So, reminder is a very important ministry for God's people. I introduced to you the systematic theology by Wayne Gordon. If you keep that book once a year, you can just pick up and read about 30-40 pages. Now that will keep on reminding and re-strengthening your historic faith in Christianity. Fourthly and finally, you will feel a disturbance. Or may I use the word, uneasiness in your spirits. Ah, That's what Apostle John once against in 1st John, 2nd chapter, a classic passage. Look at verse 26. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. The anointing which you have received from God abides in you. You don't need anybody to tell you what is the truth and what is not. As the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie, just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. You know, the Holy Spirit who is resident in us is spirit of truth. And the cultist people are bringing a spirit of error. There will be a clash between the spirit of truth who is resident in us and the spirit of error that is trying to invade us. And you sense some strangeness in what is being taught. Oh, better I keep away from this doctrine. Now, I would like to conclude it uh, speaking to you for about 10 minutes about yoga. Because many Christians are asking this question whether we can encourage yoga, participate in yoga, send our children for yoga. I tried to consult so many resources. Finally, I came to a write-up by Sandeep Poonan, one of the sons of brother Zach Poonan. A beautiful write-up he has given, very short, but it is beautiful. He says yoga is a Hindu science that claims to teach people how to unite their soul with the supreme soul and merge their will with the cosmic will. And he says it has got three components. One is the physical exercise component. And number two, mental meditation component. And thirdly, verbal chanting component. We look at each of them briefly. Physical exercise. Anybody can do physical exercise freely. There is nothing wrong. Whether that exercise is invented by a Hindu or a Muslim, that is immaterial. If it is just an exercise, you can do it. The Bible is not against physical exercise at all. But while writing to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, 7, 8 and 9, Paul says physical exercise profits a little. But the spiritual exercise is profitable for this life and the life to come. So, physical exercise part of it, no problem. But when you come to mental meditation, yoga teaches that you should empty your minds of all your thoughts. And then you should start meditating. That is not biblical. Never does the Bible teach us to empty our minds. On the other hand, the Bible says, Let the word of Christ fill your minds with all fullness. And what do we read in Psalm 1, 1 and 2? Let the word of God be your meditation day and night. What do we read in Philippians 4.8? Whatever things are pure, whatever things are good, whatever things are true, meditate on those things. That's what the Bible teaches. And when you come to Romans 12 chapter second verse, he talks about renewal of mind. He does not talk about removal of mind, he talks about renewal of mind. So emptying of mind is not biblical, it is demonic. One devil will go out, bring seven other devils and they will take residence in you. So an empty mind is easy for the devil to take possession and occupation. The third aspect is verbal chanting. Now, yoga teaches people to keep chanting Om, Om, Om. In Hinduism, that is one way of developing God consciousness. This is outrightly unacceptable. Why Om? Even the name of Jesus or anything, you cannot use vain repetitions in prayer. Because that is paganism, Jesus said. So these are the things which we should be very careful about. Then what is the conclusion? If there is uneasiness in your spirit, avoid it. There are so many ways of doing physical exercise. Why try a questionable thing? So it is generally advisable to avoid involvement in yoga practices. Shall we all stand up in the presence of God? Gracious Heavenly Father, We thank you for the blessed presence that has been in our midst ever since we gathered here in the name of your dear Son and our Lord Jesus Christ at the beginning of this day. We thank you for all that you have taught us all through this day. Our minds are loaded with the scriptures. As we retire to bed, O God, we pray that you will refresh us with the renewal of this godly thinking. Thank you for the good spirit of attention with which we can listen to your word today. We thank you for your Bible. We thank you for the spirit of truth who is leading us into all truth. We want to give you all glory, honor and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We will continue our study In the next segment, God bless you.